1: Today on the Alana Choir Podcast, a lot of Alani hoops chat. We'll save the football recruiting stuff for signing day. We'll cover all of that coming up later in the week. But today, let's talk some Illini hoops. As We've got a top 20 matchup to preview with Illinois against Wisconsin. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock tip-off. And yes, that should go as planned. Is that as long as Wisconsin gets in before the snowstorm, they will play the basketball game, according to Illinois Athletics. I'm Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher. Today, Michael Hogan, who covers Wisconsin for 24-7 sports. He's going to join us to preview why the Badgers have been the surprise team in the Big Ten and really one of the surprise teams in the country sitting here atop the Big Ten along with Illinois and a number two seed right now in the NCAA tournament according to BracketMatrix.com so we'll break down why Johnny Davis has been so good how he's taken this huge leap and how Greg Gard who seemed like he was in a little bit of trouble hot water after everything that happened last year how he's bounced back we're also going to chat with a former Illini one guy I've, I've really gotten to know well we're basically in the same class together at Illinois, covered him when I was a student reporter and he was a student, and uh, now he's doing great things in the media world. Trent Meacham of Big Ten Network. Man, he's good. He's really good on TV, and he was really good with me on the podcast today talking about his transition into the business and talking about Illinois and this Big Ten race. So lots of line I hoops uh, to chat about today. So if you're listening to this Tuesday night as it's snowing, Wednesday as we're getting bombarded just curl up by the fire, put those earbuds in, play it on the computer, whatever you're doing. I know you're not in the car, hopefully, listening to this, uh, and let's talk some Illini hoops before a huge Illinois Big Ten Big Ten title race basketball game. So Trent Meacham, coming up next on the Illini Inquirer podcast.
2: The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.
1: Welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast. and happy to get this guy back on. Been a while since I've chatted with him uh, about Illinois athletics and all of that. But it's been awesome to see Trent Meacham turning into a star on TV, uh, Big Ten Network. And Trent Meacham putting in the grind uh, in studio a lot. He's in Chicago right now as we chat. Trent, what's this been like in the TV world, man? It's been good to see you.
2: You know, it all started with the Jeremy, Jeremy Werner show a couple of years ago. Uh, it's, you know, Jeremy, it's it's been fun. Uh, I never thought about getting into sports media or doing any of this stuff, but enjoyed having some opportunities with you and uh, calling some Illinois games on the radio. And it's just, it's been fun to uh, stay involved with the, in the game and kind of stay close to the game. And college basketball is just terrific. And to be covering kind of Big Ten. Uh, wide has been been fun you know growing up in Big Ten country and being in Illini and uh, it's been a lot of fun and I'm learning and, and hopefully it's something I can continue doing and for the future.
1: Obviously you and I do something a little bit different you know a lot more about basketball than I do so you pro- provide that kind of analysis well I'm kind of peppering with questions uh, people like you and probably bothering you at some points but what's what's it like being on this side of it? Um and now that you've been a player, like, is there anything different on this side of it than you would have assumed?
2: Oh, there's a lot different. <laughs> uh, it, it 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 takes, but there's a lot of similarities too. You know, I think the best people in in broadcasting and journalism they do their homework, they're prepared, they, they put in a lot of work. It's it's a grind in ways, and then you got you got to show up, you got to be. You know it's live, and you got to be ready to go, and you got to have some energy. You got to be clear and focused. So there's a, a good deal of similarities between athletics, and that's part of the reason why I really like it. There's a preparation and a performance aspect, and I, I kind of like feeling uh, some of those nerves where it's like, okay, I gotta, this is live, and I gotta show up. Uh, so that's been fun, but it's it's different in terms of uh, uh, you're you're not in the action, so to speak. You know, competing, and, and you're you're kind of a you're commenting on things, and, and that's been different for me. How do I do that in a balanced way? How do I do that in a um, in a way that can be critical at times? Uh, I, I think I need to be, uh, but also understanding, hey, these are young, you know, college athletes, and, and how, how do you communicate in, in, in the best way and, and have balance? And, and, it's you know, it's something I'm still very much learning. I mean, you guys are pros. I feel like I'm a rookie <laughs> in this and learning how to best do it and uh, and whether it's it's in a longer form content kind of like this or if it's a hey I got 20 seconds to make a point at a halftime show or I'm calling a game and it's a bit more reacting to to what's happening or you're maybe looking ahead and what to expect so every situation is different That's kind of like a game too you know you got to know how to fit in depending time and score and who your teammates are and what your role is so um, all of that, uh, I'm learning, but uh, there's some similarities which are fun, but there's some differences too that are stretching me in new ways. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I, I think the key in this business is, I mean, we all do this because we love sports, right? So, so to be passionate, be excitable, but yeah, on this side of it, you have to be critical at times, but also fair, right? And that's sometimes yeah. really hard for for some people. But I think you're doing it uh, really, really well, Trent. And, and you you said it like 20 seconds on TV. That's really tough. Like, like whether it's a game to stay out of the way. Like there's some analysts that, that work at big networks that like stomp all over the play by play guy. It's hard not to do that. Especially for like, me in this space, I can go 30 minutes with that, whatever you got to be efficient, but still get your point across and explain basketball in such a, a lay way that that's, that to me would be the most difficult part coming from how much, you know, about the game
2: yeah to to say something succinctly concisely that makes sense i mean sometimes and what's great too is in this you can you can rewatch, you can watch the film and say and kind of oh man i was what the heck was i saying there and something will come up that's not how i wanted to communicate it and that's just part of it just part of the growth process and uh but it is difficult it's different depending on uh the setting and You know, time and score, Jeremy. Just like as a player, you got to know those things. You got to know: am I the person? Am I asking questions? You know, after a game in an interview, that's different for me. That's that's challenging. As an athlete, you're used to just fielding questions or responding, kind of at your own pace. Or uh, do I have to give a quick, you know, ten second, um, you know, summary or expectation at a at a a break in the action? Uh, You know, when when I'm in the studio, it's just all different. But it's it's been fun, and uh, I think the best thing you said: we, we enjoy sports, we love sports. And for me, as a washed up former player now, and a a few years removed, so there's no hope of going back like I did a few times, it allows me to stay connected uh, while also having some sanity, uh, not being in the coaching business, which I kind of flirted with a few times. So I'm connected, but I still uh, uh, maybe get to enjoy a lifestyle that I, uh, you know, wanted to have a bit more than maybe if I was if I was coaching.
1: Knowing you a little bit, I can assume the answer to this, but why did you not want to go down the coaching road?
2: It's something I've flirted with with a number of times, and I think coaching is an incredible calling. It's a great way to have an impact uh, and do some incredible things to young people's lives, and that was really alluring to me, uh, let alone just enjoying the game of basketball. But ultimately, I think I wanted a bit more autonomy over my lifestyle and, and time with family in particular, I know some coaches, I think, handle that really well with their families. I just didn't know if I could. And uh, so to be able to stay involved uh, with the game is great, but also hopefully growing in some new areas as well and, and being able to create, uh, I think, the life that I aspire to a bit more – uh, than what the demands of of college or professional coaching would be.
1: Yeah, you get your own team at home to coach there with with the meets We're Working on,
2: it. we're working on it. <laughs>
1: um, I, I want to get into uh, Illinois here, but uh, I know you and Jay Layman, Champagne guys, rival high schools. But uh, he's the man in this business. I know you guys know each other really well. What piece of advice have you taken from him about broadcasting, and what you, what have you just thrown aside because you and Jay are very different personalities? I would say.
2: Oh man, Jay is a <laughs> Jay is a handful. <laughs> Jay's a great friend and someone I've known for a long time, and someone that I've looked up to. Whether it was how he his discipline and his work ethic as an athlete, um, how he's growing as a as a business person in, in, in different fields, it's just someone I have a ton of respect for. Uh, but he's he's been fantastic as a broadcaster, as an analyst. Uh, we have different personalities, you know. He he is like. You gotta tone it down maybe a little bit sometimes, Jay. But that's that's Jay, and, and you know that's who he is, and he's I love him. Uh, but he's been great at uh, one, just connecting me with some people, some 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 key people at the Big Ten Network uh, from giving me some tips. Uh, really watching some of the stuff I've done. Say, so, hey Trent, you know here's where you can improve, and and this is what you need to. Ex-. He was he, gave, he was great at telling me what to expect coming in for here for an audition or come or uh, for games and what there's so much that goes in behind it, the scenes and just so i kind of knew what to expect beforehand jay was fantastic with that so i never watched jay or listened to jay and, and try to model how i right. talk about ba- talk the game oh after jay but he's a great friend and and uh someone who whatever he does he's he's all in and he does a great job at it so there's a lot that i can take from that
1: well, Trent, we're uh, t- two-thirds of the way through this Illinois basketball season, and it's a top-20 team. It's, it's a Big Ten title contender. But the way they've gotten here has been such a journey, right? Like, it's it's they fought through all this adversity – um, how does that help this team moving forward? And, and how is all of this adversity maybe even – is there a way it negatively affects them that they just haven't played all together? And Curbelo at some point, you think, maybe in the next game or two is, is back and all of a sudden it's a different team. What are the positives and negatives of what they've been through?
2: No doubt the adversity, the different lineups, I think has the potential to help them. But that's kind of remains to be seen how it will play out. Uh, you know, in the Big Ten at the Big Ten Network last night, they said, "What's what's kind of the thing you're most looking forward to as we get into the second half of the Big Ten schedule?" And for me, the story is Illinois. I, I think it's they're the most intriguing team in the country at this point in the season. I thought coming into the year, their ceiling was really high. I thought this is a potential Final Four team. I really do. I, I still believe that. And to look at them at, at eight and two in the league, uh, with with really Curbelo playing one game, one and a half games at that is, is is remarkable uh but there's no question I, I think they need some time to develop some rhythm and chemistry if they want to reach their 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 potential uh, they've done a great job of kind of scrapping the the game plan i i, I think in what you expected uh with andre Corbello running the show this year i think we were all expecting a an all big 10 potential all american type of season from him he was so good in the fall when I watched him practice. He was oftentimes the best player on the floor, and he's not a guy that's going to come in and just kind of play a role. He's going to be—he needs to have the ball in his hands. And uh, we know when he's on his game, he can be as electric as anybody in the country. So, how they've responded without him, and and I think the—you know—when you think about having the dominant—you know—player in Kofi Coburn and then surrounding him with shooters, I mean, the shooting has been phenomenal this year. Uh, they've done that really well. Uh, I don't know if we thought Plummer was going to have this good of a year. I think we expected a lot from Trent Frazier. Jacob Granison, his production has not surprised me. I think he's a rock for the team. I think he's undervalued. Uh, and then, of course, DeMonte and, and, and some of the others. I think we expected that, but Plummer has been a been a nice revelation for the team and his firepower. Uh, but no doubt, going down the stretch, I think they need to be healthy. They need Curbelo to be uh, to be on his a game to really be at their best. And if they can find some, find the rhythm here in the last, this, this February and getting into March, they're a really dangerous team. If not, they're a good team. And they're going to be, they're going to have a say in the big 10 play for sure. But I do think they need that their full roster and they need some chemistry to, uh, to make a big push in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, I think you can tip your cap to to Underwood, to Bossman's Verdonk, Omar Payne for a couple games, the freshman here recently for kind of surviving this, right? Um but but I agree with you Trent. Like I think they hit need to hit another gear if they want to win the Big 10, especially with what Wisconsin, Michigan State and and Purdue making up their ground now. So, Corbello we don't know yet. We haven't talked. This is before Brad Underwood talks on Wednesday and don't know if he'll tell us um, anything uh, before the game. But Andre Curbelo comes back. We saw against Purdue how good he can be. Now, it's been up and down. They haven't won many games with Andre Curbelo this year when he's been on the floor. But what does that look like to you? Like What, what do you think that's going to look like when he comes back?
2: It's one of the more bizarre, I think, things we've seen, especially with the type of player that, that Andre is, and I would expect uh, what what how Brad Underwood brought him along last year, and that's he's coming off the bench, and you're going to kind of see how he does. How how does he get into the flow of a game? What type of impact does he have? I wouldn't expect him to start anytime soon, but to kind of bring him along slowly. I mean, that Purdue game was just remarkable, yeah. and I don't think we can expect. Uh, okay, he was out for two months, he practiced two days, he scores 20 points. So that means if he starts practicing for a few weeks, he's going to score 25 or 30. Every that's, that's not how it works. Um, but I would expect them to bring him off the bench and kind of almost a game-by-game thing. How does he kind of fit? You want to get him reps. You want to get him in there. Uh, but how does he adjust? And also, how does everyone else adjust with him? Because that's a big key is when he's not on the court, you're four round one there's not nearly as much ball screen action or if it is it there's not it's not to create a play off that and then when he's on the court now it's hey we're going to give you the rock and we're there's going to be a lot of ball screen actions we're going to let you go to work we're playing off that it just looks very different so I think it's not just a matter of Andre getting into the flow but the rest of the team uh, learning how to play with them and, and I think they'll I, I think they'll adjust well but uh, they've played with him before. He's been there in practice, you know, preseason. Uh, but that'll take some time. Uh, and I think it's going to be kind of a game by game. I think we'll see some up and down play from, from Andre. Uh, and, but I would expect that to become more consistent as we get later into February. And hopefully he's able to go uh, tomorrow night and, and start that process of getting into it uh, sooner than later. Yeah,
1: I think it's fair to say, like, the schedule has given them some breaks here, right? Like, they've won some tough games, and and they've taken care of business, but um, now the schedule gets real here, Trent, and this is a fun stretch of, especially the next three games, Wisconsin at home, then on the road at Indiana, who's really tough at home, and and at Purdue, who uh, I think we can all say is the most impressive team uh, so far um, when you watch them this season in the Big Ten. So... What what do you think this is going to show us the the next three games? Because I I think if you take two of these Trent, you you feel pretty dang good.
2: Yeah, if you take two, you feel great. I, I think what is going to show us it's Jeremy. It's hard to even say that if the full team isn't there, and also knowing even if 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 Corbello's playing these three games, you know they're probably going to look different at the end of this month than they do at the beginning. So right. um, I look at this as really a great opportunity and a great challenge for them to. Be in a great position to win the big Ten title. But in terms of what it's showing us for this team, I kind of feel like even if Andre's back and they struggle a little bit, say,, like, oh, you got to give it some time, okay? Um, now if they if he's back and they're playing great, then that could really show us something. that's a great sign moving forward. But um, I would give pause to making too many projections based on these three games just because of the lack of continuity continuity they've had with their roster if that makes sense. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that's giving a, a, a good answer as an analyst. <laughs> no, you're uh, right, though. I, I mean, we want to but,
1: extrapolate everything. And I, I get caught in this, too, but there's still 10 games left. And, you know, there's been some years, I mean, going down the stretch, Iowa injured last year, trail in Michigan. You never thought they would end ended up with more Big Ten wins than them.
2: Yeah, I want to see some continuity to really see where this team is out. But it, it's it's a great opportunity. It's a great challenge for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this Wisconsin-Illinois matchup is really intriguing. I mean, Johnny Davis is deserving of all of this national player of the year. And and without him, you just wonder, um, you know, Wisconsin, like how many of these close games have they lost? But they play. They're back to being Wisconsin. All of the turmoil they had last year. What do you think of, of this matchup um, between these two teams?
2: It's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. Johnny Davis gives them kind of what Kofi Coburn, what we, what we have with Andre – or uh, Ayo Desumu last year, is when you have a great player and typically the best player on the court, it allows the rest of the team to kind of find their comfort zones. And and Johnny Davis does that for Wisconsin. I, I think what's going to be really interesting is some of these matchups. I would expect DeMonte to be matched up on on, on Davis to start the game. And that's going to be great. But probably what I'm more excited about is, is Trent Frazier and Brad Davison. Uh, two guys, super seniors, both having great years. And, and Brad Davison's really shooting the ball well, playing well. He's taking a lot of shots for them. He's, he plays well off Johnny Davis. I think that's going to be a great matchup. And I also think the matchup, whoever's guarding Tyler Wall, I would expect Jacob Granison to start on him. Uh, that's going to be a tough matchup. I I really like Wall. He's really put, you know, come on. I know he had that ankle injury, but he looks to be back. He's been a tough matchup. I mean, he just, he was the best player on the court against Ohio State when they played uh, earlier this month or or back in January. And so I think those two matchups, uh, Tyler Wall, Brad Davidson, Illinois is going to have to do a great job on those guys. Johnny Davis is going to get his, even if he's not shooting a high percentage, he's going to get his, you can't let him go for 37 like he did against Purdue, but He's going to probably have 20-plus. Uh, but those other two matchups are going to be key. And, you know, then, then with Illinois, it's always intriguing, you know, with the lineup, you know, is, 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 is Andre in there? How do we play? Uh, Wisconsin's, you know, such a disciplined team like, like they are every year. Yeah, they play, play faster. They score more than they have in the past. Uh, so I'm expecting a great game and, and really looking forward to some of those uh, games within the game.
1: I would imagine Greg Gard is the coach of the year favorite right now. I would imagine Mike Woodson might be up there with if Indiana is like 12 wins or something like that. Um, what's the case for Brad Underwood? I, I mean, w- what has impressed you, I guess, this year through what they've been through about what he's been able to do with that team?
2: Well, you said the case for him is how he's been able to put this team at the top of the standings without you know, without Andre Corbello and with Kofi Kober missing some games. I, I think – when you look at the standings, Wisconsin is a surprise to me. Preseason expectations—you did not expect to see Wisconsin there. You expected to see Illinois there, but then if you take into consideration the roster, uh, the, the injuries, and, and all that that Illinois has had to deal with, and you and you would have said, "Hey, you're not going to have Andre Corbello. Kofi's going to miss some key games." And Illinois is at eight and two, I think he has good, as good of a a case as any coach in the country or any coach in this league for Big Ten coach of the year so what he's done has been uh it's been remarkable and and if you want to you know take a step back and just look at where this program was Uh, what's the record now you know over the past calendar year like 23 and 22 and 3 or something in the league that's just that's crazy to think about and and especially where this program was just four or five years ago so he's been he's been incredible
1: last question for you Trent. can you take your analyst hat off uh, allow you to be like fanboy if you want What is, what has it been like as an alum, as someone who is part of, you know, the end of that peak of, of Illinois basketball that saw the decade afterwards, what's it, what's it been like to see this rise back up?
2: You know, as an alum, uh, and and whether just for a student, but a former player, the part of this program, you just want to see these guys have success. You know, there's a lot of pride in this program. There's a tremendous tradition and you want to see, see guys have success. You, you, you love to see the fan base really get excited. I mean, I'm in the community, and I was gone for a decade, so I kind of missed yeah. maybe the bleakest decade of <laughs> Illinois basketball. And it's, it's fun to be back in the community and just seeing how many people are, you know, they're, they're excited about the games, they're talking about the players, uh, they're looking forward to, you know, the, the end of the season and and that's just fun to be a part of i think for anybody that's a part of the community and then for alums and especially for someone who's in this program there's a lot of pride there there's bragging rights there's um and and it's just it's great to see the program in great hands it's great to see the program uh seem like it's it's on a it's on an upward trajectory and it doesn't seem like it's 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 slowing down anytime soon and i think uh even just to see how they've won and, and, and Brad Underwood changing styles and you see what's in the pipeline in terms of recruiting and, and momentum there. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a great time to be an Illinois fan. And as a former player, uh, you're just proud to to have, you know, been a part of that program and you, and you want to see that continue to have success. So um, yeah, I'm excited for what this season has to, uh, has in store and, and what's the, the future has ahead as well.
1: Trent Meacham feels like I turn you on every night at BTN. There's Trent Meacham, so they must like you. You're doing a great job, man. And I know you're on the grind, so I appreciate the time today. I know people love hearing from you.
2: Thanks, Jeremy. Great to be back on.
1: Great to have Trent Meacham. Maybe we'll get him back uh, later on in the season. This is Big Ten title race. Really takes shape, and, and uh, we get ready for the Big Ten tournament and the postseason. But we're going to focus a little bit more granularly that's really hard to say, granularly. Um, we're going to do that coming up next uh, with Mike Hogan covers Wisconsin and break down this matchup, break down what's made the Badgers and Johnny Davis so dang good so far this year. But before we get to that, I want to mention I'm recording this February 1st, Tuesday. Signing Day for National Football uh, for Football is on Wednesday. Illinois has a couple blue shirt editions. Brett Bielmo will talk about uh, Tommy DeVito for the first time. Uh, so we'll have a lot coming up on that. But uh, it's also a great chance to take advantage of our National Signing Day promo. If you've ever wanted to be a VIP member to Alana Inquirer, we are now giving 60% off An entire first year of VIP membership to Alana Inquirer. So, the number one uh, coverage of Illinois you can get for 60% off for the first year. That's more than $70. Of savings, So in, instead of signing up on Friday or, or, or a month from now uh, and missing out on this kind of savings, do yourself a favor, do your friends a favor, tell them about this deal. Hey, you want to sign up for Line Inquirer? Now's the time to do so. This deal goes through Wednesday night at 11 p.m. Central Time. So I want you to save some money. I want you to have the best coverage of Illini Athletics. And that is on our VIP side of things. Michael Tuip just texted me about doing his VIP film room it's worth that price of admission alone and that's all mike that's that's not me um so Sign up if you haven't yet today, and uh, you'll get that VIP membership, all the insight in Illinois, the analysis, the recruiting, Derek Piper's takes, uh, my takes, uh, of course, all the recruiting information you can get, and, of course, Michael Tuop and Jay Lehman weighing in the VIP film room side all the time as well. So sign up at com, save 60% off. All right, let's preview Illinois-Wisconsin with Mike Hogan, 24-7 sports, covers the Badgers. He's up next.
0: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.
1: All right, let's get some insight into maybe the most—not maybe— Definitely the most surprising team in the Big Ten this year, uh, and that's Wisconsin. After everything they went through last year, uh, it feels like it's almost uh, addition by subtraction. And Greg Gard has Wisconsin just being back to what Wisconsin has been for the last couple of decades. Let's talk about Michael Hogan, covers uh, Wisconsin Badgers for twenty four seven Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at m Hogan reports. So, so Michael, you fill me in. Is, is this as surprising of a season? Uh, in Madison,
0: as it is outside of Madison, yeah. I mean, I think I mean the general sense within the fan base for the year is everybody was excited because of such a young team, and you know there was a lot of promising pieces and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think it's safe to say this is surprising locally as, as it is nationally. You know, they were picked tenth before the season. You know, in the Big Ten Conference, and here they are, seventeen and three. You know, tied for first place with a huge game tomorrow. Um, I mean, I, I guess it was reasonable to maybe expect this team to be a tournament team that would get better as the year went on and as, as guys kind of, you know, got comfortable with their new roles. Because so many guys, even Johnny Davis, you know, National Player of the Year candidate, he was a, a reserve last year. Um, and he's – now look at him. He's He's basically, you know, a, a few weeks ago after he scored like 37 <laughs> against Purdue – he was the biggest reason why, you know, this team was where it was, but now you're seeing other guys step up and they, they've, they've won and they've got better, they've gotten better and improved in the process. So yeah, it's been surprising. Like I said, it would have been reasonable to expect this team to somehow find a way to squeak into the tournament, I guess. But um, yeah, nobody envisioned this kind of uh, success. Um, but yeah, here, here we are in the, you know, February and there's a real chance this team can win the, the conference here. Um, and, you know, I think, um, for as for inexperienced as they are, I think, you know, I'm sure you'll ask me about Brad Davison <laughs> later on, but, you know, I think he's been a big reason for this yeah. team's success and maybe um, big, even even bigger now with his experience because he was on that team a couple of years ago that, that um, you know, won the, won the conference. So yeah, I guess it's safe to say it's surprising.
1: So I'm I'm thinking of like players who have surprised me as much as Johnny Davis, like just the the year to year improvement. And and the guy I go back to is another Wisconsin guy, Frank Kaminsky. Uh, between his sophomore and junior year, I think Luca Garza between his sophomore and junior year would probably be that too. Um, but Kaminsky made that leap uh, from good role player to to great player. How how has this Johnny Davis rise happened? Like how has he improved from role player on a team that? kind of needed somebody to step up last year into right now legitimately he should be the the big 10 player of the year candidate, national player of the year candidate and I cover Kofi Coburn who's really good and is probably a first team all-american like Johnny Davis is deserving of all how has that
0: happened well I think the one thing that that guard has talked about a couple of times um this season before the season you know in the summer um Johnny Davis played for the U-19 uh, FIBA team. Um, Jaden Ivey was on that team as well. Um, A lot of great players. Chet Holmgren was on that team as well. Um, I remember watching those games in the summer um, and, and just kind of watching them. Davis didn't have any great performances there. He was kind of almost a role player then, too. I think he got a couple of starts, but he was kind of in the same situation he was in this past season when he was just kind of coming off the bench, contributing a couple points, playing some solid defense, giving them rebounds, energy off the bench. But Gard has talked about that experience being crucial for him and his, his development. Cause he was, I guess, you know, making that team. I think there was like 30 some players who tried out for that, that team. Um, and, and they cut it down to 12 or 15 or something like that. And I think, um, and, he, and Davis has talked about this as well. He, when, once he made that roster, I think he finally realized, you know, I can be one of the, um, you know, best players in the Big Ten and in the country. I think that gave him a, a huge boost in confidence and made him realize that he can do this and he can be a, a very big name. And that's that's been something, you know, there's been a lot behind the scenes. Sure, he's, you know, he's improved, you know, he's putting up monster numbers scoring and I'm sure a lot went into that over the summer. But I think it was just that experience and making that team that's, that's helped him make this massive, massive leap. Um, that's really been the one thing that's consistently been brought up when someone asked Guard or him about, um, you know, how he's been able to do this. And um, I guess it even—it's kind of funny because it—it it has surprised Guard a little bit too. I mean, he, he talked about it yesterday. You know, they—they they launched his um, National Player of the Year campaign just yesterday, and um, Guard was asked about it, and he said, you know, nobody—nobody nobody envisioned this kind of rocket ship. We all knew he would improve. We all knew he would be better, but not maybe to the level he has been and I think you know that's again that was a reasonable expectation Um, but you could tell like right from the get-go of the season that that he had a chance to be you know special you look at that Maui Invitational that the Badgers won and I think that was a moment of the season really early on that I kind of figured wow this team has a chance to you know surpass expectations Um, he scored 30 against he scored 20 points in all three of those games, but he, he went off for 30 points against Houston. Incredible performance. Um, I don't think anybody else, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't think anybody else scored more than like 10 points in that game or more than 12. Biggest reason they won that game. And then you see, you know, he scored, you know, more. He scored at least 14 points in every single game. He scored 14 points a couple weeks ago in a, in a victory, and it was a bad game for him. <laughs> that's, that's where we are with him this season. Um, obviously, the performance at Purdue was probably one of the best in program history, um, probably one of the best individual performances of the season um, in college basketball, 37 points. He was scoring from everywhere on the floor. He had 14 rebounds, a couple assists, you know, a couple steals, a couple block shots. He was the first player um, since Tim Duncan, actually, to lead his team in all five of those statistical categories in a road victory over a top five team. Um, and then this past weekend, I actually think this past game, this victory against Minnesota might've been his best, um, most signature performance of the season. Cause he wasn't having a great game. He was having a good game, but not, not an explosive game. But then the last two minutes, he scored the last six points. He had three rebounds. Um, he forced a a turnover and single-handedly closed that game out. So he's a guy you know that that can can go off for thirty throughout a whole game, but he's also a guy who can just turn it on yeah. right at the end and, and help Wisconsin, you know, close out games. Um, he he's just has the it factor, and that's a sign of a good, a really really good player when when he can take over games no matter what th- for the whole forty minutes or maybe for the last two. So it's just been it's been really fun to watch. Um, you know, like I said, it's been surprising, I guess, to see this kind of a jump, um, but. You know, here we are, February, he's, I mean, I can't think of another player and and you can, everybody can have an argument for a certain guy, but I just can't think of another player who's maybe meant more to his team. I mentioned that other guys have, have stepped up along the way and improved and, and have maybe exceeded their own expectations but early on, I mean, he really was the main reason why this Wisconsin team was was winning some games.
1: Yeah, like there, there can be arguments for other guys. I'm sure Illinois fans be like, oh, Kofi does too. He's got an argument, but but Johnny Davis, like, I don't think there's an argument against him right now right. at the yeah. moment. Especially <laughs> it's hard, if it's if hard the, to come up with one. Yeah, and if they win the Big Ten, I, I think it's pretty easy uh, to, to yeah. make that case. So I, I want to get into Brad Davis, and I want to get into some of those other reasons you talked about why they've been good, but the metrics don't love wisconsin because the efficiency rates aren't ridiculous right Um, their defense isn't as good as some years their offense isn't as good as say purdue's or even illinois's at this point but they win all these close games they've won so many close games they're the opposite of northwestern in that they win all of these close games besides johnny davis who's kind of got as you were talking about this io closing ability what makes them so effective in close games
0: well guard talked about it the other day they're, they're 10 and one in games decided by six points or fewer i don't i don't know if they made a note last game that I, that might be the most victories in the nation um and that with six points or fewer that's really impressive and it's it's more impressive because it's a young team i mean right. you expect maybe a team with this many guys with expanded roles to to screw up in one of those situations and lose a game you know like that but they haven't and i think a big reason for that is just guys, I mean, guards talked about it a couple times, including this past um, this past weekend. they just value every possession. And they they they're very good at timeouts. That's something I've noticed. I, I I'd love to look back um, and maybe even ask guard about this. What makes this team so good ab- out of timeouts? Because there have been situations this year where they've 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 given up some big leads, or they they've gone you know on a couple scoring droughts, and guards call a timeout, and then boom, they score right away out of that timeout. They did it this past week against Minnesota. Um, minnesota had closed the gap to maybe they even tied the game or, or they got it within two points and right of the timeout wisconsin goes on a six0 run and 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 extends the lead um in the last seven or eight minutes of that game. so i think they just it's it's a team that's that's obviously had a lot of learning experiences and a, and a team that just values every possession and, and knows how to slow things down. Um, they're, they're offensive. They're paying it, playing at their fastest pace, which still isn't very fast, um, but it's notable for Wisconsin because they're usually a very slow offensive team. They're, they're playing at their fastest pace, but they understand when they need to slow it down um, and, and settle in and get a good shot. Um, it's a team that's playing beyond its years, and I think another big reason um, for it is, they have a, a freshman point guard, a true freshman point guard in Chucky Hepburn, who's been maybe hasn't you know he's starting starting to find maybe a little bit of a more aggressive um, approach on offense, but he's been so great taking care of the ball. Um, his assist to turnover ratio is is very good for for a young player. Um, he's another guy who guards talked about a lot, you know, just just playing above his years um, as an. In the Big Ten, that's very hard to do as a point guard because there's so many talented guys. I mean, he's had some tough matchups um, this year. And then Lauren Bowman off the bench and other um, freshman point guard. He was actually supposed to be a freshman last year, but he had a deal with a family matter, um, so he sat out the entire year. This is basically his freshman year, and he's been good off the bench, um, not putting up great scoring numbers, but um, playing great defense, taking care of the ball, finding finding guys – like davison and Stephen crowell and you know uh, davis so yeah i mean they just have a lot of guys um you know sorry my phone's <laughs> ringing here but um they just have a lot of guys playing beyond their years and and um it's just been impressive to watch um there's so many it's been so many moments this year i think in one of those maui games they were up by like 16 at one point i think it was against it was either houston or they got up it was one of the games in between? I think it was St. Mary's. They they led by twelve or sixteen, lost a big lead, then got down, um, and they never panicked. They've also have four comeback victories of double digits uh, they, against Indiana. They got down by uh, twenty two um, in the first half, and then it was eighteen at halftime. Came back and won that game. Um, they can win in a lot of ways. Um, they can come back. They can somehow hold on to these leads. I'm sure Guard would would like a couple more blowouts, but you're not going to get that in the Big Ten.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure Illinois fans are feeling the same way uh, with their last couple games. All right, um, Brad Davison is probably the most disliked player in the Big Ten right now. But I I always say that's got to be a badge of honor because it means you you bother people because you win, right? And you're good uh, for the most part. So uh, he's the guy you love on your team, you hate on the other team, but he is having his best season. You said yeah. play beyond your years. I don't know if he can, but um, given how old he is, but he's averaging almost 16 points a game right now. Uh, as you mentioned, he's had some huge, huge games here recently. Uh, what's he meant to this this young team, as you've talked about?
0: Well, he's meant everything. And I asked Gar- I did a story on this a couple weeks ago just about how important he's been, not only for the whole season, but especially his expectations have started to, to get a little bit higher for Wisconsin. Um, he's just been – the ultimate leader as guard calls him. Um, every time his name is brought up, it, it, you know, it started in the summer when, when these guys were all kind of coming back to campus and starting to prepare for the season. I think having that kind of guy around has, has um, helped other guys understand how every day is important and you can't skip steps. Um, you can't skip workouts. You can't skip, you know, important parts of, of the process. And I, I think just those guys being around someone like that who's, who's played in He's about to pass, um, I think, Josh Gosser for games played, and he'll also pass somebody for games started. Um, so just having a guy who's been in multiple different – almost every single situation imaginable on a basketball court around a young team has just been so important. And and his production, like you said, has been has – been Really good. I mean, he's averaging that career high sixteen point two or three points per game. Um, his two point shooting numbers have drastically improved from last year. He was only shooting like twenty seven percent from inside the arc. He's up near forty seven or something like that this year. Um, he's his three point shooting has been very very valuable for a team that has at times struggled um, to hit three pointers. Um, in their first five Big Ten games, they were shooting twenty four percent. Now they're up around forty two or 43% um, from, from long range. Um, That's been a big part of the recent victories. They've been able to hit some threes. Davison recently passed Bronson Koenig for the all time uh, program, all time lead in three pointers leads the team with 50 something on the year. Um, Everything about that guy has been very important for this team, the leadership, the production. Um, And as I touched on earlier, as this big 10 title race heats up, he knows what it takes down the stretch to win games and, and also stay fresh. I mean, um, it was brought up after the Minnesota game. How do you are you, are you guys tired or because these starters are playing pretty much um, the, the entire game? This bench hasn't given them you know a, a tremendous amount of production. They're leaning on their starting lineup um, quite a bit. Um, so with those other four starters are they're, they're kind of looking at how he handles every day and how he he's handling this um, these expectations and and then the stretch run because it gets exhausting at this time of year as as you you know know you've you've covered this this level of basketball longer than I have and, you know, everything everything about him, you know, he's just the ultimate leader and the most hated player in the Big Ten. He's, he was involved in another, you know, questionable yeah. a couple of questions. He's, he's been on Twitter this year for a couple of you know, <laughs> some hook and holds and some, you know, three-point shooting. He's kicking his leg out against Iowa a couple weeks ago that had the Bohannons—they had Jordan Bohannon. The McCaffreys upset. And up <laughs> who's, and the fav- who's the
1: favorite there? Bohannon, McCaffrey, Davidson. You're just listening to who's who of the of the favorites. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit
0: of a Twitter scuffle after you know the day after the game about the call, and yeah. it really had no impact on the game. But like no, like but, I said,
1: Michael, if, if he's on if he, if he's on Illinois or your team, you will love him. You will yeah, love, you love that him. Guy. Yeah, and so, Wisconsin
0: fans acknowledge that you know he's the kind of guy that maybe they would hate, you know, on on another team. But, I mean, he's helping this team win. He's been very, very important. And I think maybe fans are appreciating him, you know, more this year than they ever have in the past. And he's played a lot of good basketball here
1: feels like the same way with Trent Frazier here at Illinois, um, at, at least in terms of appreciating him more as uh, super senior. Well, it feels like every year, insert big, skilled big man at Wisconsin you never heard of that steps up. Now, now Tyler Wall we've heard of, we've seen uh, before, but he's taken a big leap. And then Stephen Crowell. Tell us about those two. What do they bring to the Badgers?
0: Well, Tyler Wall, as you mentioned, has been you know a, a role player for the Badgers. He got a couple starts last year. Um, his defense has always been a big part of his game. Um, he's always been a strong defender, maybe one of the better defenders in the Big Ten, maybe, maybe even a little bit underrated. I think people are starting to finally learn of him a little bit more and what he does. But this year, what's caught my eye, especially recently, is his offensive production. Um, before, he missed um, the Michigan State game after suffering a bit of an ankle um, injury against Northwestern. Um, but he was averaging like 15 points per game over Wisconsin's seven-game winning streak, um, uh, six or seven rebounds too. Um, his offensive production has been very impressive. Just the footwork and 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 the he's not a great three-point shooter. He started the season 0 of 17 or 18, um, but he's starting to maybe feel a little bit more confident from there. He's hit three of them in his last uh, couple of games. But what really impresses me about him is just the, the paint in the paint, his footwork. Um, and then off the dribble, he's been lethal off the dribble this year. Um, he's, he's quick. Um, he knows how to get to his spots. Um, another guy who's maybe improved from being around some, some talented forwards, um, like Micah Potter and, and, and such over the last couple years. Um, but he's, he's obviously, um, like, like you said, been known, but, um, I think, over the last couple of games, uh, rec- the recent stretch of play Wisconsin's had, I mean, maybe you can even argue more important than than Davis. And that was kind of felt silly to say yeah. in like um, November or December, but I think you can make an argument that um, that this team is much more than, than Johnny Davis now. He's obviously, you know, this very important player and, and one of the best in the nation, but um, you have other guys who've really – improved throughout the year and um, who've become just as important Um, and another guy like you mentioned Steven Crowell Um, he had some ups and downs early um, in Big Ten play especially he had to go against Trace Jackson Davis and Zach Eady. he kind of struggled in some of those matchups he wasn't scoring much he was struggling at times on defense but lately um his confidence and he's even admitted it and players players sometimes don't like to admit that their confidence was maybe a little broken or maybe a little down but he's been pretty upfront about his confidence increasing uh, recently he's he's scoring um, nine point one points per game now um he's had some very strong performances um, he, he was good on uh, he didn't put up many points um, against Minnesota this past weekend but um, he hit a three-pointer in that game. Uh, his rebounding has been strong. His defense, I think, is what, is what stood out to me. Just going up against some of those guys like Zach Eady and, and Davis, um, you know, in, in the Big Ten, I think he's learned very quickly it needs to, he needs to be more physical, and he has. Um, he, and he's also um, – and guard talked about it yesterday. He still has a long way to go in the weight room, but he's taken that upon himself, you know, to to really you know, understand that, that that's where he needs to – Uh, improve and and maybe spend a little bit more time Um, so yeah I mean those two guys have been um, very very important um, as as Big Ten play has gone on and um, and I think people you know even thinking about next year Davis you know he's going let's be real Um, people are maybe even looking and maybe no one's looking down the road but I think you can look at next year and say wow these two guys have already improved so much I mean they're going to be here for another at least another year or two um and i think that gives fans maybe a little even, you know, some some optimism
1: there. Yeah, and Hepburn too uh, could take a big yeah. step forward. Uh, Alright, so so Wisconsin has gone through a, a grueling schedule. Uh, you know, the, the per- first part of Big Ten play, uh, and, and they they took care of it. They split with Ohio State, they beat Indiana at home, they beat Purdue on the road, which biggest win in the Big Ten so far this year, um, and, and obviously they, they beat Iowa at home as well. Uh, so they still got some big games coming up, including this one, but if they're able to win this one, all of a sudden you're, they're in the driver's seat with with a favorable yeah. schedule to end this thing, with two against Rutgers, one against Nebraska, another one against Minnesota, uh, Penn State on the schedule. Right, Illinois has its toughest schedule coming up, and it starts with Wisconsin. So obviously, two two teams at the top. Really important game here. But what do you think of this matchup, Mike?
0: Well, I asked Guard yesterday about how tough it is to simulate. Um, Kofi, and he said, "Well, I have nobody. <laughs> I have nobody who can mimic that." Uh, he he joked that he needs to borrow a couple guys from Paul Chris' roster. Uh, but uh, I, I'm a little bit nervous, or I'm I'm not nervous. The fans are a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit concerned about the matchup. Um, you know, down low. Um, obviously, we've talked about Crowell and his improvements, but this is a really really difficult task here. Um, you know, you got a seven foot guy who's I mean how much does Kofi weigh? I, I didn't they always
1: list him right. at 285 but it feels like 285? It's,
0: yeah. wow. <laughs> wow Wow. Wow. That's I mean, yeah, you see the pictures. That's I guess it's not that surprising. But yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be what I'm watching. How can they I mean he's gonna get his um but how can they I guess I mean you're never gonna totally shut him down. So I'm just yeah this is what I found fast.
1: interesting is I don't think you're gonna shut down Johnny Davis. Like DeMonte Williams is a great defender. And he's probably going to get Johnny Davis. I don't think you're shutting down either of those guys. Though Kofi has struggled in some games against like Arizona and Purdue, they have different kind of big men than Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's who are the supporting cast? Yeah, that's, well. that's
0: what I was thinking about yesterday. Um, and guard kind of alluded to it too, and said, both teams are kind of, he kind of alluded to the fact that how both teams are similar. You got star players, Kofi and Johnny, and then you got two teams with good, good, solid supporting sta- uh, casts around those two can Wisconsin find a way? I mean, and recently they have been, um, you know, kind of firing on all cylinders. Um, They're starting lineup. Um, all of them are now averaging at least nine points a game. Three of them are averaging double figures. Um, it's been a very balanced offensive scoring attack recently. Johnny Davis, he had 27 points against Northwestern, but um, ever since that Purdue game, you've kind of seen this team, um, you know, have a more balanced offensive attack and, um, they're all getting theirs they're all finding ways to score to me though I, I just sense that maybe Illinois is better off the bench yeah. that might be the difference against Michigan State a couple weeks ago Tyler Wall of course missed that game probably would have been a little bit closer but Michigan State's bench outscored Wisconsin's 43 to 7 so um, obviously the supporting cast the starting lineup is going to be important but to me can they get um, just a couple points off the bench. Can they get ten points off the bench? Can they? Can those guys come in and play solid defense? Um, and another important guy in this whole mix here is Chris Volt, um, the seven-foot reserve center for Wisconsin. He's been important um, in games, um, you know, against Purdue and in, in Indiana. He's played. He's not giving them much offensively, um, but that was never going to be the case with him. He's he's a shot blocker. He's a rebounder. He's a defender. Those are his strengths. Can he come off the bench and and maybe help neutralize in a way? You know, Kofi. Can he can he give them quality minutes? That's going to be important. And then foul trouble. If if Crowl Crowl and Vote have both both dealt with foul trouble, sometimes at the same in the same game. Um, if that happens, it's going to be a long night for, for the Badgers. That's going to be crucial for them to have those two guys in there. Um, because then you got. I think Ben Carlson has given the Badgers some good minutes recently, but he's, I mean, he's not, uh, he's not Tyler Wall. He's not right. Stephen Crowell. Um, Carter Gilmore isn't giving them much offensively. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting matchup. I think it's going to come down to, um, you know, which, which one of the guys um, Hepburn, is it Hepburn Davis uh, Crowell, um, are those how much can those guys step up and maybe even have a signature performance tomorrow night? Um, and same thing for Illinois. I think it's going to be that type of game, as you said.
1: Yeah, I think Wisconsin's concern would be Frazier and Curbello if Curbello comes back, right? Guarding those guys, I think, could be difficult. I think for Illinois, it's Tyler Wall. I I think Tyler Wall is a a matchup nightmare. Jacob Grandison is probably going to guard him, giving up size. Um, So I I think that's probably the the matchup that that makes these things so much fun. And this is why February, March, and the Big Ten, man, are a lot of fun. So, Mike, thanks for helping us preview this one. Uh, Enjoy the game, I'm guessing, from uh, Madison, Wisconsin, because uh, we're getting dumped on snow-wise here. But uh, thanks for previewing this one
0: not uh making that trek down in the snow <laughs> <laughs> well
1: stay warm man and uh thanks for the insight yeah no problem thanks great stuff from michael hogan covers uh, the badgers for badger 24 7 going to be a, a great matchup can't wait for it don't know how many of you are going to be in the arena with us but uh, i'm getting in a little early just to make sure uh, i'm not driving through all that snow uh but be careful out there on the roads uh, and enjoy The Illini-Wisconsin game, if you can't make it from the confines of your home, a late tip-off, 8 o'clock, but what a massive, massive game. The only matchup between these two during the regular season, and that matters a lot when you are competing for a Big Ten title. You hope Andre Corbello is back. We'll see if uh, Brad Underwood, he meets with us in about two hours from when I'm recording this. We'll see what he has to say about that. And you can check all of that out at IlliniInquirer.com. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. We'll be back after the game, Derek Piper and I, breaking down what we see, what it means moving forward into two more really important games at Indiana and at Purdue. So thank you as always for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get our podcast, And please do that. Uh, you know, I know you probably hear it all the time but uh take 10 seconds out give us a rating give us a small review if you want uh, pre- we appreciate that because it helps us out a ton everybody take care of each other have a great day and we'll chat to you next time right here on the online Enquirer podcast
2: cbs friday